How many of you know that we are predestined to have the image of Christ? Yeah. Predestined. Predestined. Yeah. And one of the things is to understand that Romans 8 and 28 and 29. It tells us that for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God knew. He also predestined, meaning that he's already set in place in preparation for us to be conformed and transformed image into the image of Jesus Christ. Guess what? That means that it's possible. That means that it can happen. Because it's already prepped and predestined. It's already designed for us to look and be like Jesus Christ. It's already set up. You ever, uh, you ever uh, come home or uh, you ever pre-prepped a meal before? Before, even before Thanksgiving? You know how you prep a meal, you have everything set up, everything ready to go before you cook it. Huh? It's already set up, ready to go. All you have to do is put it in the oven, put on, put on the right temperature, all right? Let it cook. Make it happen. Some of us already pre-cooked, pre-made. It's already ready to go. You just warm it up, slap it on the plate. It's ready to go. Amen? It's already set up. God has already has placed Jesus Christ in our life. And he predestined us to say, if you are ready, if you are ready, come to me. And you can transform into who I am. It's already prepared for you. Um, we do have children's church. Let me let me stop real quick. Children's church today. If you would like to go to children's church, now is the time. Amen. Amen. She's right out there in the back. Our sister Joanne. Let's say amen for our children at this time. Amen. Thank God for children's church. Amen. 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 Our children are right there. They're predestined. Amen. Um, so listen, we, we, we are predestined, but what's happening today is that when we have stains, they, if, if, you, if you ever had a clothes, um, and, if you, and you put on clothes, you bought some new clothes before, you, you would buy clothes with stains on them already, right? Huh? Now, I know they buy jeans with the holes in them already. I mean, and that's just the age you live in right now, you know. I mean, back in 1950, boy, people being outraged, like, I'm not buying these jeans, there's holes in them. But now, but now times have changed. So you buy, you buy the jeans that's all ripped up. You got a, got a hole in the knee. That's okay, it looks cool now. But we don't, we wouldn't buy clothes with a coffee stain in it. You know, we wouldn't. We won't buy clothes that has a ketchup stain on the shirt. 
Right? We wouldn't do that because it doesn't look right on the eye. It doesn't look right. It doesn't show the correct image uh, of, of, what it, of what we are trying to portray. We're trying to portray, yes, we have something new. It looks nice. And it doesn't have any stains on it. When we have a stain on our outfit, you know, what we have to do, we take it and we get it washed. Right? Because we don't want to walk around with stains on our clothes. We're not meant, they were not meant to be worn stained and smelly. All right, our clothes start to smell. I can wear that shirt for about two, three, four days. Huh? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand if that's you. But after you wear it for a little while, it's going to start smelling. And you need to get it clean. All right? This, this is a, a when, when my kids were younger, they had, uh, uh, they had play clothes, they had school clothes, and then they had church clothes. All right? Amen? Why? Because when they because their play clothes, you know they're gonna get them all jacked up and messed up, and you don't wanna portray them and send them to school with some messed up looking clothes. It's a reflection on who? Yeah! You send your clothes, you send your kids with some, you know what I'm saying? Got stains on their clothes, not clean, they, they don't smell right. That's a reflection on the parent. That's a reflection on the life you're living. It's the same way with our spiritual life. It's the same. The world and life has caused us to walk around with stains and it smells and we have a and, and people have a stench of the world upon their life and it reflects who we are following. Oh man. That's the clothes, but that's what a, that's, that's what life is like sometimes. It causes us to walk around with the stench and stain upon us. People need to know we are created to have dominion over this life in the image of God, in the image of Christ. Galatians 5 and 22, it tells us, uh, it gives us an example of where to start from in asking God to help us produce the image of who he is. If you would take some time and you look at Galatians 5 and 22, it is the fruit of God's spirit of who he is. Let's just quickly look through this. I mean, this, this is something that um, we, we've heard before and is something that from time to time we need to look at and say, am I living this life? Am I following the fruit of the Spirit? Am I matching up to the image of Jesus Christ? Amen? Can someone get that for me and read it? Galatians 5 and 22. Amen, amen, amen. And so that is a good marker to start from. That is a good way to look over your life and say, Jesus, help me in this area in my life so I can be more like who you are. But what happens is, is that the stains and the struggles and the trials and the things that happen to our life, it begins to damage the image of Christ because of how we portray things and how we react to things that we face in our everyday life. We are not created to know evil. Did y'all know that? We weren't created to know evil. 
This is what stains us and puts a stench in our life. In Genesis, he told Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We were not created and made to obtain evil in our life. We were not created to have evil flow and darkness flow through our life. You were not made that way. No, we were made that way. We were not made to able to handle darkness. That's why we that's why we deal with so much depression and worry and fear and doubt and so many evil choices. And we see on the news people killing each other, hurting each other, abuse. We see husbands beating wives and we see all of these things on the news and it's because the evil that is in human nature in our life. And guess what? We cannot handle the evil that is flowing through humankind. We're not meant to. We're not meant to have evil attached and grow, have evil within our life. But we do. We do. This flesh is tainted. It has a stain. There are some things you don't want to know. There was Adam and Eve, there were some things, listen, God was saying you don't want to know evil. Look at the destruction in our world today when people know evil. There's greed, envy, strife, jealousy. Huh? Why? Because there's a knowledge of evil. And the world is dying because of that evil. We, there is just some things I just don't want to know. I don't want to know. There, you, you know, uh, you know, uh, there was a there was a man who went to go see the new movie, the new Avengers movie, and somebody uh, was yelling out the end of a movie. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna say what happened. So and so, this would happen. He was yelling it out while people were coming in, ruining the movie. One man got so mad he began to just took them and threw them down and began to beat them. Yeah. Oh, he did not want to know the end of the movie. That's how bad. He said, don't ruin this for me. There are some things that we just don't want to know. There are some things evil mixed with God's creation. It just doesn't mix well. It didn't make, it does not mix well. Bleach and vinegar creates a toxic chlorine gas. Ammonia and bleach creates a toxic chlor uh, vapors. Rubbing alcohol and bleach, chloroform. Hydrogen peroxide plus vinegar creates a paras parasitic acid. Baking soda plus vinegar, ineffective cleaning solution. Two different battery brands cause corrosion. Medicine plus grapefruit juice has an adverse effect, meaning that it can be harmful to have grapefruit juice in medicine. There are some things that just doesn't mix well. Evil and humankind causes destruction, depression, worry, doubt, and fear, and worst of all, it causes death. It doesn't mix well. It doesn't mix 
together well. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him, meaning God had proclaimed to you that God is light. Everyone say, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So if a God of light has created me and he has made me and with no darkness at all in him, therefore he made me in a way where darkness, I am not supposed to have darkness with inside of me because he did not create me that way. Every day we have to deal with this evil though. Every day we have to deal with darkness. And we have allowed it to have a place in our life sometimes. Someone hurt us, amen, right? We get bad news, don't we? Physical pain in our bodies. Causing harm to ourselves to relieve evil. We see this in our world today. All of the pain, we're not supposed to experience pain. We were meant to live forever. All of this is caused by the evil that is in this world. Alcoholics don't care because they're trying to find a relief from the evil that they're experiencing on an everyday pressure. They're trying to find a way out, a way of release. Drug addicts don't care because they're looking for a way to release. Because guess what? Evil and humankind don't mix. And they're trying to find a way to relieve the emptiness inside. That's why people cut themselves. That's why there's attempted suicide. Because they don't know what's going on within them. They don't know what is happening inside. It is the evil that is dwelling there. It is the darkness that they deal with on a daily basis. And they don't know how to handle it. Yelling at your family. Abusing your wife or abusing your husband. Guess what? Husbands can get beat too. Huh? Yeah, it was verbally, sometimes physically. Yeah. People are trying to cope with evil and we are not built to have the stains and the stench of evil in us and to be a part of us. But, everyone say but. but. We are built in the beginning to have dominion over it. All of this darkness that we have, have dealt with and dealing with, listen, in the beginning, God has given us the power and the ability to have dominion over it. Yes, we're going to deal with darkness. The darkness is not supposed to thrive within us to bring us down, to hold us down. That's what the enemy wants the darkness and the evil to do. But God has already, from the beginning, from the day he created, he gave Adam and Eve, he gave mankind dominion over the evil. He gave dominion over that boss that hates you. He gave you dominion over the relationship that had went bad. He gave you dominion over the situation between your husband and your wife. He gave you dominion over the things that are trying to attack you, whether it's verbally, whether it's physically, whether it's on your job, in your home, wherever it is, wherever evil is, God has given us dominion over it. That means, say, I got control. People are running around with evil inside of them. And they don't know that they have dominion to speak it out of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are built to have 
dominion over it. Because the world sees Christ's power within us. The world needs to see Christ's power within us. To have dominion over it, you have to look like Christ. Huh? Evil can't, evil and darkness can't see Jerry. Evil and darkness can't see me. They need to see the man that has conquered darkness. They need to see the man that has conquered evil and has overcame death, has overcame the enemy. When darkness comes around, they need to see the image of Jesus Christ over my life. They need to see him. And when they see him, they have no power. And it gives me dominion over what is trying to attack my life. All type of situations that you handle. Christ took on the world. Did you know that? He took on the world by taking all the pain without being broken by the pain. Y'all get that? He took on all the pain without being broken by the pain. When they were whipping Jesus, over and over. You know he did not make a sound. When they pulled his beard, he did not make a sound. They beat him and they were trying to break him. Even though he took on the pain, he wasn't broken by the pain. My God was, my God is mighty. My God is strong. My king took all the pain and he never broke underneath the pain. What I'm trying to tell you today, when we come to the image of Jesus Christ, pain may come over your life. Things may happen in your life, but guess what? You don't have to be broken by the pain. You have the ability to take on the pain, but you don't have to be broken by the pain. Oh, that's good news to me. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. That I know that I have a Christ and I have a king who took on all of this pain, who took a beat that no man can take, and it never broke him. They didn't take his life. He took his own life. He said, I give my spirit away. The world could not break him, and the world could not break you. The world needs to see that, though. The world needs to see you overcoming. The world needs to see you rising. The world needs to see a smile on your face going through the hard times. So in order for others to see the one that can handle it and be their savior, you have to show he is your savior. Yeah. They need to see that he is your light, that he is your savior, that he is the one that can help you, that he is the one that can build you up, that he is the one that encourages you. So when people ask, they can see a difference in your life. They see a glow in your life. When everyone is in the atmosphere and they say, we're going to lose our job today, but yet and still, you're still, I'm going to make it. When I was on my job, when I was on my other job at, at, at Eden, and they, when they were getting ready to lay everybody off, and they brought us all in the meeting and in the room, and they said, listen, we're going to lay... We're going to be laying so many people off. We're going to lay a lot of people off. And, and, um, and I was one of them. And they, laid, and they laid us off. And before they did that, people were asking me, why are you not complaining? Why are you not upset? And it gave me an opportunity to show who my Savior is. Jesus. And guess what? When they brought me back, there was another layoff. And I stood up in a meeting and the Holy Spirit said, and you know it was God, because I was in a meeting with some heavy bosses up in there. 
I said, God, is this you? Is this you? You look it up your, you was in something, you're like, God, is that you, Jesus? I hope that's you, cuz. And he said, and I said to, I said every, to everyone in the room, I said, listen, I said, I know we're going through a tough time right now, but if you want to talk, if you want to pray, I am here for yes, you. Sir. And people begin to come. Yes, and they begin, we begin to pray at lunch and we begin to communicate and we begin to talk and they begin to share other things in their life that they were dealing with and struggling with. And I was able to share with them the yes, Savior. <laughs> oh man, but what if I was a complainer? What about it? Ah, that doing us wrong. I hate this job. Ah, I don't want to be here. That boss sucks. Ah, blah, blah, blah. This is great. Ain't no, I can't save nobody. I can't help nobody because I'm not showing that I have a savior over my life. What's the use of me complaining around everyone else? Then I go home on my knees like, Lord Jesus, please help me get through this thing. I ain't helping nobody. I'm keeping the savior to myself. That's, that's wrong. That's selfish. You know who your savior is. And it's important for us to show your savior to how you deal with darkness. It can't stay on you, but it don't, because it don't look good on you, because it's not built for you. I just rhymed, y'all. Did y'all catch that? Let me, let me say it again. It can't stay on you because it don't look good on you, because it's not built for you. Did y'all catch that? Can I say it again? It just, I love one. I love one. I said it can't stay on you because it don't look good on you. Because it's not built for you. Y'all need to take that and post it somewhere, a bumper sticker on a car. Huh? Darkness don't look good on you. It don't look good on you. You're not built that way. We're not built to harness darkness and hate and fear in our life. We're not built to hold on depression and worry and hate. We're not built that way. It don't look good. It don't look good on us. Two things we can do. First thing, with people, God has given us the power to forgive. We think that to forgive, see this is the issue, is that we think that to forgive is to excuse sin or pretend the offense did not matter. Neither is true. Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is God's gift to us to release, everyone say release. To release us from the control of someone who has hurt us. All right? Can we say release? Listen, when we're dealing with people, because when, when, when we're talking about darkness, either people have done something to us or there has something happened in the atmosphere that has happened to us. There's a care of this world that has planted in our life. So there's two things, either people, if there's a care or situation that has happened that has fallen upon a life that is caused by the darkness of this world. Are you with me? And so, now, the question is, how do we deal with this darkness? I talked about being in the image of this lightness, but how do we deal with this darkness? And, and, and forgiveness is one of the main things that we have to deal with because we deal with boss, we deal with ungrateful people, we deal with our brothers and sisters who call us only when they want something. Hello? 
Oh, here they go. Here they go. Here they go. Here they go. Huh? We deal with this every day. We deal with uh, the ungrateful son. We deal with the ungrateful daughter. We have to deal with uh, uh, them stealing from us, maybe hurting us, maybe dealing with a, uh, 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 maybe they slapped us or, or hit us in the face before. We have to deal. The purpose is, is that we must forgive, everyone say forgive, to release, say release, the control of someone who has hurt us. What does that mean? That means when you hear their name, your stomach don't hurt. Huh? You heard their name, you're like, oh, God. That's not released. That stuff is still hurting you. You can't eat because they come around. You be eating with your fork as soon as they come in the restaurant. Oh, just drop the fork. Oh, Lord, they're here. Just messing up your whole appetite. You have a release. Forgiveness is, say forgiveness is for me. You can't sleep at night because they call on the phone. Huh? Just messed up your whole sleep. You talk about it for a whole hour. Lost a whole hour of sleep because you haven't released. Your face is stuck. Why? Because you haven't released. What does that mean, Pastor? What does it mean my face is stuck? When you see them, it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> the emojis, you know, we paste them on face like. Face just stuck. Why? Because we haven't released. And in order for us to we to get out of darkness, because darkness don't look good on us, we have to find a way to forgive and say, God, I give this unto you. I give this unto you. It's okay to forgive and have boundaries. Let's see, that's one of them. Listen, listen. It's okay to forgive and have boundaries. Did y'all know that? The, the, the one thing that happens is that we say, Lord God, I forgave, I forgave, and, and, and but we have continue to um, allow the enemy to trick us into believing that we're not supposed to have boundaries. Oh my goodness. You said you're supposed to let me do this. You're supposed to let me do that. No, I don't. Forgive with forgiveness. Just listen. Forgiveness means um, to release the hurt, meaning that I can say hi to you. I can love on you. Do not take it out of my stomach. Don't hurt when I hear your name. I, I don't I can't I don't lose sleep over you. I don't my face don't get stuck when you come around. I can keep eating when you come around. I have released you. You cannot hurt me any longer. That's when you truly forgave. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But forgiveness does not mean you don't you 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 don't have to have boundaries. You can have boundaries. Because guess what? Trust needs to build. Psalms chapter 118 and verse 8 says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in a man. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yes, sir. Why? Because the book of wisdom tells us in Proverbs 26 and 24 through 25, it says people may cover their hatred with pleasant words. Did you not know that once you forgive somebody and they say they're sorry, that they can cover up their forgiveness, their, their sorriness? With unpleasant words, they can cover their they, they can cover their hatred with pleasant words, but they're deceiving you. The Bible says they pretend to be kind, but don't believe them. The Bible says their hearts are full of many evils. 
Why is this important? Because you might come into the church and say, Lord God, I'm really trying to forgive. I'm trying to let go. But you have set no boundaries for people. Huh? You say, Lord God, I forgave. And I let, I let, I let the thief back into my house. God says, don't do that. Don't do that. You can forgive them. They don't hurt you. But you don't have to have them sleeping in your house. You don't have to have them uh, around your environment. You don't have to have them. Uh, 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 you can set a boundary. It's, it's, it's like if, if a husband abuse, abuse a wife and she may forgive him, but she still can have boundaries because some trust needs to build up. Maybe, maybe it needs to start with, okay, you, you, you're sorry. Okay, let, well, let us go out to eat with a couple first. Let's, let's see how that works out. Let's see if you blow up then. Okay, you get past that, all right, then maybe we can have dinner with just you and I in a public environment. Let's try that, all right? And then, and then maybe, and then maybe, oh, okay, then maybe now you can come over to the house, but we're going to have a group Bible study with people. All right, now as I trust you a little more, now I, I feel like my trust has built up to have you complete. I believe that your repentance is real. Don't allow people to guilt your forgiveness. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The world will try to use pleasant words and say, aren't you saved? Aren't you supposed to do this for me? Aren't you supposed to give me that? Aren't you supposed to allow me to speak? Aren't you supposed to allow me to do this? Aren't you supposed to? No, I'm not. Huh? Psalms 55, now we're dealing with, now, now that we have dealt with people and released the hurt, Psalms 55 and verse 22 says, uh, it's, it's the second thing, is how we deal with life issues we face. And it says, cast your burden on the Lord. And he says, and he shall sustain you. Do you not know what that means? When every care and issue hits your life, do you not know that the Lord will sustain you? That Jesus Christ will help you? Do you know what sustain means? It means that he will give you strength. He will give you support physically and mentally. Yeah. He will help your mind. He will help your mind deal with certain situations that you are dealing with in your life. He will help sustain you and strengthen you physically when pain hits your body, when you feel like you can't make it no more. Pray over that foot. Pray over that knee. Pray over that thigh. Pray over that injury and allow God to strengthen you within that. I can't tell you how many times I needed to pray over my feet because of how much I got to walk at work. Yeah. Say, Lord Jesus, strengthen these feet in the name of Jesus. My feet start feeling better. Jesus is real. He says, I will sustain you. Sometimes we get so complacent and we just we just be claiming all oh yeah. Let's continue to pray for it. He is our strength. He will sustain us. Yes, he will. Mentally, there are so many things. Mental stress, huh? Anybody dealt with mental stress before? It's just so much that's like this going on over here. That is going on over there. All of this is happening over here. And it's just your mind is bumbled and messed up. It's like so much you got to think about. Do you not know that the Lord will sustain your mind if you pray and say, Lord God, let me just sit down, organize my thoughts, Jesus. Organize my mind. Get me to focus. Help me to see. Bring me some peace. Bring me some in the 
name of Jesus, he will help you organize what you need to organize up here in this night. Why? Because right now you want to slap somebody, you want to hurt somebody, you want to run somewhere, you want to leave the house, you want to leave this person, you don't, you got to say, God, straighten up my mind. The more we cast, the Bible says, he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You will not be moved. He will keep you. And when people see you not moving and see you standing still in the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of what people have done to you and how they hurt you and what they said to you, when people see you standing on Christ, standing on God, now allowing you to fall, falter and fall and slip up and frown your face and be depressed, when you stand still, God says, I will permit you. He says, I will keep you from not moving. When people see you not moving, because the world is full of people moving, full of people falling over, full of people losing their grip, full of people losing touch in life. But when God holds you and when he sustains you and when people see you sustain yourself under the will of God, the Almighty, somebody's going to look at your life and say, what is different about you? Because you didn't move. Because God kept you. Because he will keep you. The more we cast, we don't have to look like the world. People, a lot of people say, well, look like the world has got to do with how you dress and how you, um, um, and, and, and sports and different things like that. No, looking like the world is, 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 is looking depressed and looking worried and fearful and, and, and looking with a frown on your face all the time. That's looking like the world. The world, the world is full of, of, of hatred and full of fear inside of their life. So how do we cast? How do we cast? How do we forgive? And how do we cast this hurt? How do we cast our situation? Through praise? Amen. Through praise? When we praise, we cast and receive blessings in return. That give us the image of Christ. When we praise, all of the darkness, see the darkness is going to come. The darkness we have to deal with. We got to deal with it. So how do you cast it? Because it's not who you are. We need to get rid of it. We need to forgive people. We need to let go of the hurt. We need to let go of the issues. And how do we do that? Through praise. Because when we praise, we begin to cast and release. Because I'm casting my cares and my pain on Christ, the one who could bear all pain, the one who bared it all, and the pain did not break him. I'm able to cast my cares upon a king that cannot be broken by the pain. That's why he said, cast them on me. Can you please cast them on me? Why, Jesus? Because I can handle it. Why? Because you can't handle it. And I'm going to show you how the image of Christ looks. When you cast your cares upon me, you begin to look more like me, of who I am. So cast them on me, because they cannot break me. All of your issues and your fear and your depression, it cannot break me. It cannot break me. All of the pain that you're dealing with, the physical pain, will you cast it upon me? Because it will not break me. I've been through this before. I can handle it. I overcame it. I rose from it. Will you cast it upon me? 
God says through praise, through praise. What, this, what happens is in Psalms chapter 104, it says praise opens the gateway of blessing as we come into the presence of our king. And I'm getting ready to close with this. Into the gate, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. When you praise God, you enter into the gate of thanksgiving. When you begin to praise God, you enter into a, a different realm. You enter into the realm in his courts with praise. God opens up the door and he begins to bless you because you're blessing his name. You are in the presence of the almighty God. You are in the presence of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So when the darkness comes and issues begin to face and hold upon your life, and as you praise God, listen, the darkness can't come into the gates. you praise God, the darkness can't come into the gates. So as you lifted him up, say, God, I know my car broke down, but I praise you. God, I know my job laid me off, but I'm going to praise you. I know my boss looking at me funny, but I'm going to praise you. I know my husband's looking crazy, but I'm going to praise you. I know my wife has left me, but I'm going to praise you. And as you begin to praise God, I know my body hurt, but I'm going to praise you. You begin to enter the gates of Thanksgiving and God begin to pour his peace and his love and his hope upon your life. Why? Because darkness can't follow you. Darkness can't come up into the gates. And as you praise God, you enter into a realm of thanksgiving. And that's why people see the image of Christ over your life. They see the hope and joy upon your life. Why? Because you've been praising a Jesus. You've been praising a God that has cast that you have casted all of your cares on. People need to know who you can care, cast their darkness upon. Ephesians chapter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Spiritual blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. This is a peace that the world can't give. This is a hope that your boss can't give. This is a hope that your, your mom or your dad can't give. Yeah, your father may have left. Your mother may have done something wrong. Somebody has hurt you. But listen, they can't replace the peace and the joy and the love that God can give you. This is a spiritual blessing. And it keeps flowing like living water through you. And it flows continuously. And as it flows within you, the darkness cannot sustain itself. Why? Because there's a living water that's flowing through you. And every time darkness tries to hit, every time an issue tries to attack, it's running into that living water. And as it runs into the living water that God has given to you, it begins to filter out. And as you cast your cares upon him, upon a God who can handle everything, now you can look like the image of Christ. That's why you can smile. That's why you can walk with hope. That's why you can walk with joy, a sustainable joy, a sustainable peace. Why can you look that way? Why do you have joy in your situations right now? Why do you have peace right now while you're going through? Because you have a God, you have a king that can handle everything in your life. Aren't you grateful you have a king? Aren't you grateful that you have a God that can handle it all? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us all stand at this time.